What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Living Life Fearless. Welcome back to another Beautiful Show podcast. Today's date is January 23rd, 2019. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Therese Walker. Say what up to everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fearless Show. Uh, welcome and back to 2019. We got a new guest with us. Dario, please introduce. Our special guest joining us today is Stephen Silver. He is a writer for us who has written a lot of really, uh, I guess, cornerstone pieces for us that have been, you know, heavily talked about throughout the, you know, Facebook and our website. And yeah, there's else. a lot of engagement with your your work, so it's actually really cool to finally talk to you about it and just well, thank you. in general. Thank you, and I appreciate bringing me on the show. Definitely. So if you want to, I mean, I kind of gave you a mantra, but if you want to kind of intro yourself again and tell people where they can find you. Sure. Uh, well, I am a uh, journalist and film critic in Philadelphia. Um, I live outside Philadelphia, and I write about film, I write about culture, I write about technology, I write about sports, and kind of all the ways those different things intersect with each other. Um, I write for your site in addition to some sites in Philly, Philly Voice, Philadelphia Weekly, a site called Broad Street Review, uh, mm. I write for Jewish tog- uh, a new service called the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. Um, and a uh, site called Splice Today, where you can find most of my movie reviews. And uh, uh, for Dario's site, I do uh, a lot of essays, uh, a lot about a lot of, about film, a lot about uh, you know pop culture and things like that. Um, I wrote about uh, the year's best documentaries uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I wrote a piece about uh, mm-hmm. all this stuff, Louis C.K. and comedy and uh, and all the things that are going on with that. So uh, I'm happy to be here to talk about the Oscars and other stuff as well. So, Yes, yeah. and you have. He's been a guest on our show before. It's probably been almost a year ago now. The last time you were on here, first time you were on here. So it's good to have you back on here again. And we're gonna be talking about you know a lot of Oscars and movie stuff in particular. Yep. But before we uh, get into everything, we definitely gonna talk about some of you know some news and stuff that's happening around the culture. Some stuff that I pulled off around the web. So to kick things off. Um, so I know you've written a lot about like Louis C.K. and uh, yeah. and a lot of other like Kevin Spacey and a lot of other people who, uh, particularly in Hollywood, that are going through you know a lot of these allegations, true and otherwise or whatnot, um, and they're dealing with a lot of stuff. And I guess recently, Brian Singer is also going through this, and I guess The Atlantic has written some sort of expose about him. I don't know if you you've seen that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have not read, had a chance to read the piece yet. Uh, just, it been published this morning, I didn't get a chance to read it yet. But I know that uh, this piece was in the works for a long time. and was rumored for a while. I think, like, last fall, it was rumored that Esquire was working on a big piece about Brian Singer, kind of in the mm-hmm. tradition of a lot of the Harvey Weinstein stuff, where they were going to have a big story with a lot of accusers, including people we haven't heard about before, against Brian Singer. Now, I should mm-hmm. mention Brian Singer, the director of Bohemian Rhapsody, in addition to such past films, The Usual Suspects, uh, several movies in the X-Men series. Yep. Uh, he directed the Superman mm. movie, um, and uh, the one, not the recent ones, the Superman Returns, which is the one in, I want to say it was like 2006 around then. Um, there's been a pretty major director for a long time, and uh, this stuff about him has kind of been out there for a very long time. There have been lawsuits really going back to the late 90s against him. Producers uh, mm. have sued him. Uh, there's been various articles written about it but he's never been arrested or convicted of a crime and he's never 
nothing's really stuck, I guess would be the best way to describe it. I mean, uh, these, he, there was one time uh-huh. when he sued him alleging uh, misconduct against, I think, a boy who was underage. And it ended up with the boy basically withdrawing the accusation and apologizing to him. Now, I don't know. I apologize. I've not read the piece yet, so I'm not sure if that's addressed mm. or not. Basically, like, the story's been out there for a long time, and the stuff he's accused of, you know, there's a continuum of, with Me Too and a lot of the um, people who have been accused of things, uh, there's mm. a continuum of how bad it is, if you might say R. Kelly or Harvey Weinstein or someone like that would be you know, on the end of the worst. And this is pretty yeah. close to that, I think. I mean, he's, it's yeah. not consensual sex with people who are underage. I mean, that's, this isn't the kind of thing where he's probably ever, if this, I would imagine his career is probably over unless he's somehow completely exonerated, but I can't see that happening necessarily. And uh, as we saw with R. Kelly, I imagine there might be some like law enforcement investigations coming out of this as well. So, um, and mm. you might've noticed in the Golden Globe when uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won best picture in the Golden Globes, uh, Brian Singer was not there and he was I didn't notice that. No one mentioned his name from the stage. Frank was basically wiped from memory for that movie. Exactly, yes. I think he did. <laughs> yeah. No, he was fired from the movie uh, a few weeks before it was uh, done being uh, produced, although he was still the credited director. Um, yeah. So if you look at the credits right. of the movie, it's directed by Brian Singer. So, um, yeah, I mean, this uh, and then the <laughs> part of this was that uh, this story was originally written at Esquire, and the two writers who wrote it are Esquire staffers. However, mm-hmm. I think they had a brief statement which said that uh, Esquire's editors and lawyers signed off and everything, but someone with the someone in the corporate structure of Hearst, the company that owns it, had killed the story, so they were allowed to take it to the Atlantic, and that's who published it. So, yeah, hmm. uh, so I don't mean I, he's definitely a prolific, you know, person in film. You always see his name attached to a lot of what? movies that you know we kind of loved growing up. So. Yeah. yeah, you definitely heard his name along with me too, because I remember hearing it back when Me Too kind of first jumped off. A lot of people were mentioning his name as well, and I guess nothing's really happened to him huh. thus far. Right. But yeah. He's like this. Remember? I mean, it's kind of hard now. It's kind of with like with the R. Kelly documentary, his name's been heard around for twenty plus years, but now that the documentary came out, it's I think feel like there's like momentum now to actually do something. Right. Well, the R. Kelly one, it could just kind of it gather everything in one place and it actually put people on camera. I think that's kind of why it was, uh, it was such a big deal. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It was that, that was a big deal. And that was, if you were on Twitter, if you talked to people, like, that was a big yeah. deal. A lot of people were watching that. And that was a, um, and that was, I mean, the stuff about R. Kelly, I mean, that tape, I think that was like 2002, right? Yeah. I mean, that was out there. And that was, yeah, that, right. everyone yeah. has seen it. It was sold on street corners. Like, people had seen it and they knew it was going on all the way there. <laughs> and continued, yeah. to have, continued to make music. And I think, I think some people, yeah. lot, with some of these artists, they just kind of said, well, you know, he, he had that trial. He didn't get convicted. And, you know, I can separate the art from the artist or there's various, uh, yeah, you know, rationalizations mm-hmm. to make. That's, that's starting to be a thing in the past now. I mean, he definitely had a, a large string of hits right after that, so that kind of, you know, yeah. helps people yeah. put that out of their mind. But even before that, he like married Aaliyah, and you know, so there's been stories about him like way before that. Yeah, like, Mary Aaliyah, she's yeah, kind of insane. And then, yeah, even that whole Aaliyah thing kind of did a lot of damage in the music industry behind the scenes. Like, if we had Twitter back then, we would have known about it all, but like, we yeah. just didn't have the social media. But it never stopped people from working with them, you know. 
Yeah, that's the true thing about me. Like even with Bryce yeah, Singer, I didn't feel like souls at this point. So yeah, even with Bryce Singer, felt like it didn't really stop people from still hiring them to do their movies. You know? Yeah. Well, if you look at like Usual Suspects, it's I mean, if he doesn't. Yeah. I missed what you said. You, uh, you were yeah, oh, no, you were saying like Usual Suspects? I cut out right when you said Usual Suspects. I wanted to hear what you were saying. Well, it was, it's him and Kevin Spacey who both had, you know, downfalls related to this. And uh, I mean, that's a great movie. That's one of my favorite yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that not is a great movie. That is. That is a beauty. I mean, that's, that's going to, I mean, that, that movie is it's about to be the 20th anniversary. And I think there's going to be a lot written about that, how uh, it's a oh, movie wow. about Kevin Spacey. Lusting after a teenager, although it was a girl. Yeah. I remember watching that movie and feeling pretty uncomfortable about it. Yeah. That's wild. Wow. Wow, there's going to be a lot about that coming out, I'm sure. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I don't know. There's a, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, when his name was coming out, when, when Brian's name was coming out back when Weinstein was getting called out, I'm surprised he got to, I mean, finish this doc with. You know, everything he had going on. Mm-hmm. Or I guess not Doc, feature film. It's not really. Well, Singer film. was, I think the story at the time was that he was, I guess he stopped showing up to the set and he claimed it had something to do. I think his mother was sick or something. So he had to leave England and go back to America. But like, oh. huh. and then they announced he'd been fired, but he was also like fighting with Rami Malek on the set. So there's a lot going on there. So he, right. He ended up being fired from the movie. And I, there were all these rumors that like something was about to drop in terms of you know an, a story about him because this was at the time that all those other stories were happening. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a loss. Someone sued him around that time, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a big story at any point. So, mm-hmm. and then this other director finished the movie, and then it was just in post production, and then it came out, and it just kind of. I mean, he didn't give interviews or anything for the movie, and it just was. I mean, there were problems people had with Bohemian Rhapsody, and problems I had with Bohemian Rhapsody, but like, yeah. it wasn't that high on the list. The the fact that he was involved, I think people. You know, people realized he was fired, so I guess so. Yeah. I mean, really, for me, it just really sucks that a lot of the, you know, culture and stuff and that gets created that we love so much, it turns out, like, all these people behind there are just such shitty people. And it's yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it's terrible. Like, damn, I'm I like, love Oh, I can't even love that right. anymore? <laughs> Dang. I mean, a lot of rock stars, too. Like, yeah. are they going to talk about that? The rock star yeah, stuff is blatant. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with that. It's blatant. They get 16 year olds and like their parents to sign them over so they can go on world tours and shit. And like they don't, they never got back. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. might have got some backlash, but they still did. They still did it. And like it was cool. I think the biggest fear when Me Too first came out wasn't just about the movie industry. I think it was that it was going to jump over to all these other industries like fashion and and the music industry big time. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really seen it too well, much. One industry where it did happen a lot was rest, like food, like restaurant, like a lot of big yeah. chefs, like Mario oh, Batali yeah. had a bunch of accusers. I mean, that industry, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, especially these like these superstar chefs that are like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing bad things too. So, and uh, I mean, there was a little bit of it with like Wall Street, and there was a little bit of it with uh, you saw some in sports. I mean, it wasn't like um, I think. And someone was talking about this on Twitter. How they, you know, they just announced the Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, one of these years, we're probably going to get a situation where, like, some star player is going to have, like, accusations against him, you know, in the period between when he retires and when he's up to the Hall of Fame. And, like, 
Kirby Puckett was I, my favorite athlete growing up. He he had that happen where he got in the Hall of Fame, and then like within a year, he got accused of uh, some type of sexual assault. And uh, I remember that was uh, that was a horrible thing that just you know because this guy everybody loved who was you know this uh, and Roberto Alomar if he got accused of by a bunch of women of giving them HIV. And this oh was, man! This was in like 2010, and I think he got into the Hall of Fame after that. I remember just not coming up at all. In the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I didn't even know. That. I didn't yeah, know this that. Is, and this was uh, it's uh, weird because it, it came in. It was it wasn't in the current era. If it happened in the current era, it would probably be a little bit different. But yeah, oh, yeah I remember like one woman accused him, and I think a couple years later, the woman he was married to at the time also accused him because mm-hmm. I guess she had stood by him at the time. Oh, that happened. Man. Yeah, it's, uh, that's illegal. Here's you strange. Can't, you can't. Good. She can't testify against her husband. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> that even happened with Pete Rose last year. Like Pete Rose was in this lawsuit where uh, I guess someone accused him of committing statutory rape, and then he gave a deposition where he's like, "Oh yeah, I slept with that girl who was 15. and that was that was a big deal. Yeah. I mean, Rose has had enough scandals as it is, but I remember he was he was supposed to be honored by the Phillies, and they canceled yeah. this because he because uh, this came out. So. Yeah, I mean, for wow. me, I can imagine, like, if they really felt like, you know, turning over all these rocks and digging up all this past, especially back in that time period, uh, I think, like, 90% of people would have a lot of allegations thrown their way and, and whatnot. So I'm surprised it really hasn't gotten to the level that people, like, really feared it would yet. Well, that's, like, that's one thing that's it's kind of been a pet peeve of mine. It's like, people went so crazy about steroids. Like... You know, yeah. like that guy, like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens didn't get in the Hall of Fame because they took steroids. I mean, which is insane. Barry Bonds yeah, should, without a doubt, oh, be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he was, he was, yeah, Barry Bonds. Yeah. He hit the most home runs. I mean, he didn't. He was a great player. Yeah, it doesn't that. matter but, how uh, many steroids you take. Like, go try to hit a home run after you get juiced up and, and see how well you do. How, how many that. times? Try, to, you take try to hit a home run when you only get two pitches a game. You can actually hit. Right. Yeah. Whenever he got so angry about that, everybody's like, "Well, this is this is destroyed baseball's innocence." I'm like, "Baseball's never had innocence ever." No, you know, it's honestly the same baseball. I remember I got into baseball yeah. when Sammy Sosa and Mark baseball Obama players have been degenerates for all. Of, like, if you read any memoir about any baseball player, like they were all degenerates. They all just like yeah, the way they just you know they were. That's... Their trademark is chewing tobacco. Really, like it's like oh yeah, like you. That's what you remember is like them spitting Good those old big old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, Barry Bonds is one thousand percent Hall of Fame. If they if he's not in the Hall of Fame, there shouldn't even be Hall of Fame. Honestly, like, I mean, but then like I mean, but yeah, the, see, because now we're talking about like like the the right now time periods, like a similar situation with uh, John Jones, the guy, the fighter, UFC fighter. So yeah. he just got his title back, but he's got all this weird. Steroid, not steroid, you know, like has a lot of issues. Weird. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we want to fighter like the professional fighter has issues. Has issues? Come on, man. Now. Whether it's athletes or actors or musicians, it's like we we want, or even politicians. Like we want to think that the people we like and people we're fans of are good people, and that the people we dislike are bad people. But right. it doesn't like, always work that way. It's not that. For you know, real. the guy you love may be terrible, and you just don't know about it. Well, because I was like, oh, he was going to be my favorite of all time, and then it's like, oh, I can't even talk still about him. my favorite of all time. So, I mean, you talking about? John Jones. John, John Jones. Jones. 
I think he's the greatest fighter of the, the greatest UFC fighter of all time. So ever. But I just he just ruined it. It's just hard to talk about him because he just keeps fucking shit up. Do you do people not love Mike Tyson still? They love him now. He's Mike Tyson though. is literally <laughs> one of the worst human beings on the planet, and he'll tell you this. So I mean, he says he doesn't like looking at his old self. Yeah, because he knows he was a terrible human being. But people yeah. are still in love <laughs> yeah, with Mike Tyson are, and are still in love with Mike Tyson. So it's like he said quite a cultural rehabilitation for a convicted rapist. I mean, unbelievable! Unbelievable! His still stands. Never forget or anything. I mean, he's reformed. Everything, everything he did and to see how he is now, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So honestly, like people, I don't know how much they care in the future. Like I know in the moment people really care, but then it always seems to kind of, you know, fade away in time when they start remember, start to remember all the things that they did do and like create and stuff like that. Right. Well, I read that uh, the Spotify streams for R. Kelly's music like skyrocketed during oh, yeah. the documentary because oh, it's yeah. like it's watching it, but they're like, oh, I, I bet a lot of people are like, oh yeah. I love his music. I haven't listened to it in a while. I'm going to listen to his music because it was, you know, it was, yeah. it was in there. Same well, thing they're trying I, to figure out, music. like, all the clues because he left so many clues, you know? Like, all the little stuff that he would say sounded weird now. Like, you would try to, like, figure out. You're like, oh, oh he's he talking about hit, somebody young. It. It's so <laughs> obvious. You're like, oh, music. that's gross. Come on. If you try to listen to his music now, of course you're going to be like, I oh, you the fucking perfect. But everybody knew this because <laughs> this Yeah, but you didn't. Like, but when you heard the song, you didn't think in your head at the time while the song was on that oh r kelly's writing about a, a 14 15 year old 16 year old girl yeah, i didn't right think now. that he was writing about a 14 year old but i, I didn't that think this that guy is a freak like he if he's saying this stuff like in yeah. her public i can only imagine this shit that he's really trying to do behind the scenes so like, yeah that shit is scary it makes his music kind of creepy as fuck like scary like <laughs> like whoa <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like for me. It's always with these people. It's always like I always go back to like the Dave Chappelle joke with Bill Cosby and the rape joke, and he's talking oh, about yeah. yeah, he rapes, but he saves in that whole situation where he mm-hmm. did all this terrible shit, but then they start think about all like the good shit he did, and it's kind of like, well, where do you, where should you fall in, you know, in that situation? It's hard for people, and it's I, I get it. It it is hard because you have a lot of memories tied to these these icons basically in, in their fields and i don't really know where you where we necessarily go from here but it's definitely a time that i don't think we've ever seen before so yeah but we can go on this time to talk. um i'm sorry no continue you can go ahead I didn't catch you, well, then, you know time's gonna tell a lot of this i mean i think you know I think it's going to shake out and some of these people accused of things are going to come back. And like, yeah, I heard that can. thing about Louis C.K. And one thing I don't think I mentioned in the piece was that I think, I feel like Louis C.K., there was a path for him to address what happened in his work and to do a stand up special where he talked about what happened and was yeah. honest about self deprecating about it and was, you know, found a way to do it in a way that only he can and use his talents to do it. But it doesn't right, look like right. that's the path that he chose. It looks like the path the, the path that he chose was to, you know, change his comedy to be a bit more mean spirited than it was. And yeah, I think he chose to be the bad guy instead. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, fine. If if you guys want me to be the bad guy, then I'm gonna really make you mad. Like, like Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that might be his path forward. I mean, for all I know, that's you know, 
It might give him, uh, you know, if he's a lot of people speculate that he's trying to appeal, you know, to the right wing, and that's kind of what. Yeah, they are saying that. They are saying that. I don't know how I feel about that though. I mean, I don't even know if the right wing really cares for Louis K as much as we say they do. I don't think they care about him. I just think that they want to have somebody that they can always kind of like latch onto. And right. like, yeah, like yeah. fight back, push back against those, you know, everybody else in PC. Well, because Louis C.K. was that guy, though. He was like, you know, like in terms of like top comedians, Louis C.K. is definitely always in the conversation when yeah. before, you know, all the kind I mean, like I told you, I told you the reason the other show we talked about. Uh, he'll be back. He'll have a big show. If not this year, next year for sure. And it will somebody will pick it up. I guarantee it. Well, he also does that thing where he sells his specials and other things straight from his website. So yeah. mm-hmm. he has that distribution channel. He doesn't necessarily need Netflix. Now he won't necessarily make as much money from that than he would have if he had a Netflix deal, which mm-hmm. he had but I mean I mean I'm not gonna say I wasn't a fan of his or that he wasn't talented. I mean he he would do a new hour every year and most comedians don't do that much. like no right would do a new and, and it would be high level stuff and he did it for HBO mm-hmm. and then Netflix. I mean that's and that's and it was good. It was almost always really good. So yeah, he seems to be gearing up for that again. Honestly, I, I really think he's gonna make try to make a big comeback soon. Yeah, because he's out there testing jokes, so who oh, knows yeah. gonna happen? Yeah. We we saw the accidental special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he was in San Jose the other week. You know, doing it again. So. Oh yeah. Not back it down. I'll say that. He's getting ready. <laughs> but this is uh, this is a topic. You know, we could. Maybe talk about the whole show if we wanted to because it's never yeah, ending. Sure. But we're gonna move on to a few more items before we get to the Oscars. Um, I don't know if you watch Bandersnatch, but in the news apparently they are being sued. Oh, by Tuesday, uh, right? Yeah, You're talking about the mirror, uh, the Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Yeah, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. They're being sued for the trademark to choose your own adventure. That's the trademark. Is it yes, the words not. or the action? I think it's the words. I'm not. It wasn't necessarily clear in the article, but it says choose your own adventure and had filed a lawsuit. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I could see that though, because Goosebumps made that. Did they make? It's Choose Co. So maybe Choose Co. was the book. They are a book publisher, so maybe they want to be published. Now, oh, was, really Stein? was it really a lawsuit, or was it like a, a cease and desist letter? Because it said it said it's a lawsuit, but I don't know. There's a lot of the time media coverage, it's like a, a, a strongly worded letter from a lawyer is that's true. Like that happened with this week with um the the whole thing with the Saints and the Rams, the uh the playoff game with the bad call where uh, a lawyer in New Orleans who's a Saints fan threatened a lawsuit or like I, I mean really I mean it was reported everywhere as a lawsuit, but really it was just he wrote a letter to the league saying this is here's your rules and therefore you should have another game and so so the Saints have another oh. chance. I don't think it was really a lawsuit because the lawsuit would require, you know, filing the actual paperwork and I didn't see the actual paperwork. Well, it says that it they're demanding at least $25 million in damages or net okay, well, profits. So. That's interesting. Well, I, know, I do know, I, I would imagine Netflix is probably deeper pocketed than uh, the Choose Your Adventure people are. Yeah, yeah, I would see this at most settling with like a million dollar payout. I'm not even sure if Netflix is going to settle because they already released a letter saying that kind of it's a different format against it, saying that they didn't 
I mean, it's, I think it's really just the words. It's true, Joan Adventure. And they're saying that they never really used it in the movie. They used it in like thing, maybe like one marketing thing, but it wasn't in violation. That's what they're trying to say. It was all fair use. Uh, and so I think they're going to probably fight it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't gotten, I, I do like Black Mirror, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch that yet. Uh, I'm not either. Actually, cool. so my, my idea is I'm, I'm a movie critic, so I do pretty much the last all of November and December. I had screeners to watch, so I was trying to catch up like on all the mm-hmm. Oscar movies. So yeah, at the time I watched no TV at all and no like <laughs> way behind on like Netflix stuff and and who was yeah. Uh, as soon as the calendar rolled around, I start, started on you know catching up on all the shows in this. So uh, I didn't get to the the banner section. Yeah. Well, it kind of <laughs> opened the doors for like the yeah, future of interactive television for sure. or in movies. So I think that like that as an example to creatives shows a lot of, I think, visual makers like ways to like mess with storyline mm-hmm. and and, you know, like story media. interact in a new way. Yeah. So it's cool. But, yeah. yeah, what else we got? Next up, uh, the Sopranos prequel that has been long rumored and long rumored to be in the works. I guess they just cast the young Tony, and it is uh, James Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, I saw that. I, I don't know anything about him as an actor. I know that it's, I, it's I don't son, know either. So um, I don't know that I've seen him in anything. But uh, yeah, that's a project I'm very much looking forward to because I love the Sopranos. I uh, I followed the. Uh, it was just the 20th anniversary, so there was a lot of stuff about that. There was uh, HBO mm. did a ton of all the episodes, and I watched quite a bit of it. Um, and uh, there's a new book out, actually, by uh, Alan Sepinwall and Matt Zoller-Seitz, who are the two big TV critics who, when Sopranos started, they both wrote for the paper in New Jersey, the Star-Ledger. So, And then they both went on to become very influential TV critics. So they got together and wrote a book about the Sopranos, which has... Basically, essays about all the episodes, plus like a bunch of interviews with David Chase, the creator of it. So mm. I, have, I have the book. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Huh? I'm, I'm interested. I, I've, I've, I've been a while since I've seen The Sopranos, but it was obviously one of the greatest TV series ever made. But right. it'd be yeah. interesting to see what they choose to do with the prequel. I'm not really sure what that would even look like. Well, I think whatever it is that it's set in the 60s, it's about, you know, kind of against the Newark riots of 1967, either, I don't know if it's during that or after it. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be kind of, there was a big theme in The Sopranos that, like, it was kind of, the mafia was on the wane at this point, like, it was kind of declining. And uh, mm. this is supposed to be about a time when the mafia was, you know, stronger than it ended up being, you know, at the time of The Sopranos. Although I think even The Sopranos showed the mob having a lot more... Uh, power and pull than it than it really does because uh in real life you only ever hear about those guys if they're in trial so yeah basically. <laughs> yeah it's true it's facts. and uh so uh, that's one thing i noticed a lot of when i uh i used to live in new york and uh it was actually around the time the sopranos was on like uh, just the way that um the way that they would talk about the mob like you read like the new york post or the new york daily news the way they would talk about the mob is like yeah, when they covered crime was just like oh criminals, they're 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 slime, they're vermin, they're animals. Cr- the criminals are they should all just throw them in jail forever, except for the mafia because those guys are cool. right. The best. Those, you know. Right. Some outcry that's like oh they, you know the the guy ratting is the big villain, but the guy you know he's a wearing his nice suit and he's you know this guy. Oh, right. it was a great way of kind of reimagining their image, <laughs> yeah. you know, in culture. Yeah. 
instead of and, these cold-blooded uh, killers and criminals, they're like a family, you know? Exactly. They're a family. That's all. Crazy. They just happen to do some crime on the side. Nothing, no big deal. All <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, you know? Americans, they love crime. They love that whole thing, so it only makes sense. Yeah, it's hilarious. Did either of you guys see the John Gottesbuster? I did not. I yeah, never it wanted pretty bad. to. It looked terrible, and I heard nothing but terrible things. <laughs> and there's basically, like, what, what I'd say about that movie is that it was... A lot of people accuse, like, The Godfather and The Sopranos and other things like that of glorifying the mob. Yeah. When, I mean, they if you if you read between the lines enough, it really looks like, you know, you know these guys... It make it eventually it makes them go cool times, but then it ends up being that you know it shows either that they're horrible people or that you know they suffer. Goodfellas, yeah. especially yeah. The, way, the way he ends up being a Goodfellas, and uh, right. But he really did glorify the mob. Gotti was just like looking at John Gotti as this unambigu- unambiguous hero who, like they they try to put him up as just like the coolest guy ever. When right, there's really anything in the movie that backs that up. Like they just. It keeps saying he's the greatest boss ever, but all you see in the movie is like everyone keeps betraying him, and then he goes to prison, and then he dies, and that's that's just about it. And then yeah, the whole yeah. Point about how the government was too mean to his son, who was also a monster, and uh, and put him in jail. For <laughs> right. Anyway, but uh, yeah, no, the new the, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think I want. I'm interested to see what uh, David Chase does with it because he he hasn't really done much of anything at all. No. He made one movie about seven or eight years ago called Not Fade Away, which I. I wasn't a big fan of it, but some people really liked it. It had James Gandolfini in it also. And uh I'm kinda I'm kinda interested to see what he does. I mean he's he's a very talented guy, so he's earned he's earned the right to, you know, to right. revisit the property if he wanted to, for sure. So Yeah, but one thing and I think I wrote this piece like when they first announced it was uh don't expect to see answers of you know the questions you had about the Sopranos. It's not gonna it's not gonna wrap up whether whether or not twenty well, we don't even have answers how the, the yeah, exactly. series ended. I mean that's not what David Chase is as a creator. He's not He's not about fan service. He's not about, uh, you know, showing you you got. It's not like Marvel where there's Easter eggs. Don't, don't expect anything like that. One of the most anger-inducing endings in any TV series you'll get. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, it was, I hated it at the time. I've, I've heard arguments that it actually was made sense, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll, never, it'll never give me to agree with that one. <laughs> and then I need some closure after spending that much time on the show, you know. <laughs> but um, Doris, I sent you a trailer. I don't know if you watched it yet. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah, the art movie. What's I wanted to get your opinion since you are an artist about this movie called Velvet Buzzsaw that is coming out on Netflix. Velvet Buzzsaw. That so I checked out that trailer about an hour ago, and it actually looks crazy, kind of cool. Like it actually looks really interesting, but it's weird. It's crazy because you don't really get too many art horror movies like often. Do you get but any? Well, no. There's a few like this one reminds me of um, uh, Art School Confidential. Yeah, I, I like think that. it was. Yeah. Yeah, so like the trailer kind of remind me of that sort of uh, temperament and that sort of style. I think uh, it could be, except funnier. Seemed like more like a, um, I don't know, it, it, it was like a Inglorious Bastards type of like, but like with 
just like the weird art scene, you know, not 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 so much war and like craziness, but like the way it was shot and like the humor of that film, I feel mm-hmm. like is how they're gonna handle this like art horror film. It definitely took a turn. I was art school confidential was the scene where uh, he walks into the art school and the beautiful woman comes up and he thinks she's gonna be the model, and then a yeah. walk kicks off his thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh man!" Like, <laughs> and I, like, I, yeah. Have you went to art school, and uh, she, uh, she said it was. Yeah, amazing. I'm actually living in New York too. When you said New York, I'm like, "Yeah, I live out here in uh, New York right now." So, yeah. uh, where do you live? Uh, I live Park. in Brooklyn right now <laughs> on Bedside. Yeah, Bedstuy. I lived in Washington Heights when I first moved here, though. Okay. Yeah, sorry, folks. Little audio interruption, but <clears throat> um, you can hear oh, me, right? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, for me, like talking about this movie, I thought it was literally going to go to like the high art world type of route. Back here, but, you know. yeah. Can you hear me? There you go. All right, we're back. Um, so like for me, I don't know. I just thought it was going to go kind of the pretentious art world art world route, you know, mm-hmm. with the movie, and then and then when it took the turn into a full on horror, like that's when I became super interested in it, and definitely one of the most interesting trailers and concepts I've seen in a while, especially for a horror movie. And to see that it was directed by the guy who did Nightcrawler and Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal's back in it, I was really interested because mm-hmm. I think when like Nightcrawler and Jake Gyllenhaal they see full-on kind of crazy, I think that's one of his best roles. So right. interested to see how this one turns out. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like Nightcrawler a lot. It's been a... I had a brief stint working in local news, and that was after I saw Nightcrawler. I, I've been meaning to revisit it just to uh, see how mm-hmm. it uh, ended up with uh, my experience, which... I don't think, I mean, that movie was really, really cynical, and it was, I think, yes. more cynical than, you know, I feel like that they were more, they were more open about how sleazy and horrible they were than mm-hmm. the life. I feel like when, uh, when, when the station I worked at, when they, when they, they were more subtle about certain impulses than, than they were there, they, <laughs> yeah. I never heard someone say, if it bleeds, it leads, it was just kind of uh, wide. So. <laughs> I mean, definitely. <laughs> It definitely did a good job of kind of making you feel like gross after yeah. watching the movie, you know. And I like the type of movies that make you feel some type of way after you know you get done watching it. And that was one of those movies that really did a good job of doing that. And I mean, one of the movie was like last year for me. I don't know if you did you see Hereditary. Yeah. Yeah, I told Teresa about this so that we got finally got around to watching it, and that was one of <laughs> the most unnerving movies. By the time you get to the end of it, that I've probably seen in a while. It wasn't even like terrifying to me, but it was just like really unnerving. That was a movie that I didn't, I didn't like that much, but I thought the director was just really talented and really able to, you know, that, that's the guy who knows what he's doing is going to probably make better movies. But I, I thought, I, right. my, my problem with that movie was it, it, it didn't, it, it took a really long time to reveal what was actually going on. And once we found out what was going on, it wasn't that, I didn't love the ending. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a bit straightforward at the end, more than they definitely set it up to be. Yeah. But it was definitely, for me, it was definitely like you feel kind of uneasy after watching some of the shit that happens on screen. And, okay. and it was mm-hmm. less so the horror part and more so just the just everything else that was going on. 
But I like this. This movie looks like it could be like one of those that really makes you feel some type of way after you get done watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, and really- it's actually the art looks good too. So like I'm like okay, I'm actually interested. Like it doesn't look like trash. I actually want to look in, into it more to see who's like the artist on set and everything like that. Because typically yeah. they have one artist like to do all the paintings that are like in process and all that. Other yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that is it for uh, news items of the past week or so. So we're going to jump right into the Oscars talk. Um, right off the back, I just want to kind of ask you guys what were some of the snubs and what were some of your surprises from the nominations this year? You want to go first? Um, you go first. I'll go first. Okay. All right. So. Uh, oh, well, I'll say first off. Or, no, you go ahead. Okay. First. Sorry. Delayed there. Yeah. You. So the big one for me was uh, if Bill Street could talk, not be nominated for Best Picture. I mean, that's. I thought that was an amazing film that I liked more than any of the movies that were actually nominated. And I thought I could see I didn't, my favorite movie of the year overall was sorry to bother you, which I thought was, was wonderful, but I didn't have, <sighs> just talking about that movie. I didn't have a lot of expectations that that would get many Oscar nominations. It's not really the Academy sort of movie. It's way too incendiary, no way too extreme. Although I thought it was, I really love that movie, but if Bill Street could talk. I don't really understand the case against it. Like I don't, I don't see weird. Mm, I was confused visually, and the story's great, and it's you know of the moment. And Barry Jenkins, I mean, his last movie won Best Picture. The way it's nominated is awkward to me. Like it has a supporting uh, actress nomination, I believe. What writing or something? I think those are the two categories. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Because the yeah the screenplay all the the movie looked excellent and I didn't think based on the trailer alone that I don't know like the the lead actress and just the whole setting it seemed like more should have been like considered yeah but yeah I, I agree with you what else did you see that was like either a snub or a surprise well um the the other big one was um in the document well the, the whole the whole documentary category and i'm never happy with the documentary category any year but this year especially um yeah i wrote a piece for the site about a month ago with uh or not quite a month uh, about uh the best documentaries of the year or it my, my yeah, came out the first week and i first the, yeah i think the first six weren't nominated of of my documentaries now some of them are sort of mm. obscure I, I didn't like bisby 17 was my favorite and that barely came out so i didn't expect that to dominate but the mr mm-hmm. rogers documentary i thought was a slime dog. oh big snub. And I don't know why that didn't get i i have i couldn't explain why it didn't um mm-hmm. i expect that rbg will win the best documentary award it's probably the i was thinking that yeah I'm sorry good i was thinking yeah rbg for that or mining the gap possibly would be I a mean, close second I- by the way, that's that's a really really wonderful movie, and uh, Jeff Hulu, I think it's on there. But uh, I mean, Shirkers, which was on Netflix, was really wonderful. I was hoping that would make it, and uh, you know, Three Identical Strangers, which is this excellent documentary. Yeah. It's I think oh, it's going yeah. to be like next week or very soon. I've been seeing commercials for it, mm-hmm. but, and that's that's a really good too, which I guess 
a lot of these made the shortlist. They didn't actually get nominated. Um, I mean, Hail Honey this morning, this evening. I was happy to see that get in because that was really a small film, but a wonderful film that didn't really get that much of a release, but uh, mm-hmm. in there. And then some movie that made that kind of great that we've heard of and that I had to actually look through. Um, of Fathers Free and Sons. Free Solo was fine. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. I can understand why that made it. Of Fathers and Sons, which I think is a foreign documentary, which I barely know anything about, but that I was kind of surprised yeah. to see in there too. And uh, Oh, yeah, I, I was shocked. I was like, why are they doing that? That was yeah. weird. I mean, they keep changing the rules for documentaries and they keep, and it still, they just still never get it right. So I don't know. Yeah. So those, those, those are a couple of the big ones. Um, a lot of people noticed, you know, Bradley Cooper didn't get nominated for Best Director for Stars Born. Um, he did. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, and again, that's, you know, yeah, that's yeah. The, big... the director of Bohemian Rhapsody did not get nominated for Best Director because we're going to just pretend that it didn't have a director. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Brian said there's no director. The Golden Globes when, like, no one mentioned him in their speech. He wasn't there. No. You know, they kind of <laughs> pretended no. there was a director. So. I'm just going to um, act like he never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there are certain movies I liked. Like, I really liked Annihilation. I don't, I don't think that got any nominations. Yeah, I was surprised. I honestly thought that was getting enough buzz to kind of sneak in there like Arrival did. I don't know if you remember when Arrival got nominated. I thought it kind of had that same sort of momentum. But well, it's a movie, it, Annihilation's a movie that got, like, it got dumped by its distributor in February, and they didn't really mount much of an Oscar campaign for it. Like, uh, Sometimes you can tell with like you get emails, you get screeners in the mail, and like the ones you don't get, you can kind of tell the studio doesn't really care that much. So, mm-hmm. and I think they to Netflix in every country other than, and uh, I think it's streaming maybe on Amazon or possibly Hulu, one of those. Um, so if you didn't see Annihilation, that's uh, that's good. I remember that just uh, when that came out, like you know, film Twitter was just all over it. Like there was just like non-stop discussions of it and you know what does this thing mean what does that thing mean and uh we don't have enough movies like that this year so um i was happy to see spike lee finally get a nomination for best director finally. oh man i was finally. like what i was like i couldn't believe they did that i was shocked i was like wow they're giving him a nod i mean yeah. i was i would say i was shocked because this was his best uh, commercially performing movie so i, I think they only gave it to him because jordan helped out I feel like Jordan has the pull. I mean, it helps. And it helps yeah. that you actually sell the box office, too, finally. You know? Yeah. I mean, it can be very hard to discern the, the motivations of the Academy because it's thousands of people and you don't know. Pe- people like to talk about the Academy like it's, you know, a single organism where they all yeah. they all feel one way or they all feel another way. Or they I mean, all, there isn't a boardroom like, with, like, like, 12 but... people deciding the fate of... <laughs> <Not> just... <laughs> that's more... That's the goal. It's the Hollywood Foreign uh, Press Association, which is like the small group of people, and they're all, you know, easily corruptible, at least from what I've read about how the process goes, or at least uh, I don't think there's actual outright bribes, but I do think there's, uh, you know, whoever gets the most, uh, whoever throws the best party and gives up the best swag tends to uh, get, re- get rewarded by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta grease the wheels a bit. Yeah, there was a story about a month saw this where someone fabricated an interview with Drew Barrymore, and I think it was like the, the in-flight <laughs> magazine Egypt Air, and it was like it was her saying all these insane things, and then like they asked Drew Barrymore, and she's like, "Oh no, I never, I never talked to these people. I don't know what this is, what this is." And it no, turned out the, the 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 journalist who that was attributed to was like the former head of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. 
Oh, so, what? That's so yeah, crazy. There's a, and there's just seven with The Rock too. Where some one of the one of the there was an interview with him where he talked about like how young I did see that one about The Rock. And it turned out he's like, that oh, that, that's not true. I didn't really talk to them. I, I don't know. Yeah, I have the story of what actually happened, but uh, that was uh, that was kind of crazy. crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if his nomination is more of like an accolades, like finally, you know, we're gonna finally recognize you after all these years. But I, either way, I think it's long overdue that he finally got. At I least mean, the movie nomination. was really good. Yeah, the movie was really good. Yeah. So. But it's always the case where it's like, yeah, but this was the best movie, you know, to me. How would you say? You guys see Blind Spotting? Ah, I did not get around to seeing I that. That's one I wanted to. I never got around to seeing. That's that's really good, and it did it. Um, I mean, it didn't really make much of an impact when it came out, so I didn't really expect the nominations. But I thought it was thought that was uh, one of the better ones this year. I mean, I thought, uh, like I said, my favorite was Sorry by the I mean, Roman the Stars Born. I really like a lot um, of the of the best pictures. I mean, those are the ones that I really liked a lot. I mean, I like Black Panther too, and I like Black Klansman. And uh, let me just look through the uh, nominations here. Um, the two that I really dislike are Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. And, uh, yeah, those are two for me that I. Yeah, those are interesting slides. I I didn't really understand why, <laughs> you know, why they got nominations. Because honestly, I don't. I didn't feel like Bohemian Rhapsody got a ton of critical praise, you know, outside of you know the, the categories box office success. So I'm surprised it really keeps getting nominated. Almost everyone I know who's a critic hated it, including me. But almost everyone I know who's not a critic loved it. Like. People went to oh, see it. I mean, they're playing, about, um, <laughs> they're playing Queen. How hard is it to make a movie that you I mean, know, yeah, they, they had the some of the best music ever. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> who wouldn't like that, you know? But, and, and, and Mary and, Poppins, uh, Mary Poppins got snubbed, right? The, it didn't uh, get best picture. I got some like technical stuff, and I think uh, I don't think I got any acting stuff. But uh, no, one of the songs, one of the songs was nominated, and uh, uh, maybe I did probably costumes. And, what uh, like best original? Well. It better not be in best original because that one's obvious. I think Lady Gaga's in that category with her movie. So I thought I, I thought it was interesting that the the Ballad of Buster Strug song was uh was yeah. Oh song. man, that Buster Strug got some weird nominations that I didn't. I expect was shocked to, to see their name. I was like, why yeah. is this name popping up so much now? Like, <laughs> I mean, I thought I didn't love Ballad of Buster Struggs, but that first part I thought was just was great, and that's when the song that's the part that the song's in. So, mm-hmm. um, I I didn't. I, I confess I like that part, but I didn't think when I heard it that that that, that song was going to be Oscar. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't I mean, feel good strong year for uh for uh, this. There weren't that many full on musicals this year, and there wasn't really anything that was uh like none of the animated movies were musicals. And uh, no. the last couple of years, the best original song and the best original score have been like really hard fought. Like last year, there was Greatest Showman, and there were a couple other musicals, and like La La Land was for that. But uh, this year, Pop is musical, but uh. So, and uh, Star is Born, I mean, it had original songs, but uh, and I guess uh, I expect that so there's that song to win. So, I mean, I guess I would have to ask you, do you think 2018 was kind of a down year for music for movies? Because when I think about it, 2018, I don't really think of too many big movies that popped in my head immediately, like you know, some of the years before. Well, I mean, I 
what I, I pretty much say this every year, which is that, you know, there were great movies this year if you knew where to look for them. And mm-hmm. if you saw yeah. enough, you saw a problem. I saw over 300 movies last year. So I think uh, see, having seen everything, I saw enough things that I thought were good that I wasn't willing to write off the year as that bad. I mean, there are a lot of years where you get to like March. There's just nothing good in January, February. And then you get to March before there's anything good. Mm-hmm. And that. Looks like this year's going to be a year like that because I haven't seen any good yellow. I feel like both Fire Festival documentaries, and I thought they were both. Uh, the Hulu oh. one was better than the Netflix, Netflix one, but uh, they were. Uh, oh right, interesting. So I, for me, I feel like a lot of like the tentpole and blockbuster movies of last year failed. You know, they didn't quite live up to the hype. So I think that's kind of maybe why a lot of people's opinions of the year are kind of down to because it was more like the smaller. Like you said, the smaller movies that you'd have to kind of seek out that yeah. were like the better products. And I don't think necessarily everybody got to see those, you know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, Black Panther was, you know, it came out at the very in February and it was, you know, very early part of the year. But I thought, I thought that was, that was one that kind of checked all the boxes. It was, it was a blockbuster and it was a superhero movie and a lot of people saw it and it was nominated for Oscar. Well, that and uh, yeah. Avengers. It got, was it I didn't I'm so into this year's Avengers movie. I thought it was kind of uh, it kind of the way it ended. It's just so obvious they're just going to undo it completely. So, and this is something that happens in a lot of superhero movies where like death is never real. Like it never matters that somebody died because they're just going to come back. And that's yeah. true with Game of Thrones. That's true in you know all these comic movies and the Star Trek movie where Captain Kirk died at the end and then he came back two minutes later. I mean, this just this keeps happening over and over. My thing, my thing with the, the Avengers. Spider Man trailer came out. Yeah, my thing with Avengers Infinity War ending was that, you know, people who are in the know about how like comic books work and like the stuff know that they're just going to come right back. But what I saw with a lot of people that weren't, that aren't familiar with like comic books and how they work and, you know, that whole history of death not being real, a lot of people actually were taken back that they actually died like right. so i mean i can i can see like especially when you're experienced and you know how it's gonna turn out you know you feel some type of way about it but i felt like a, a lot of people who weren't really that invested into it but are aware of it because of how big it is were right. still kind of surprised by the ending and the fact that they decided to end it that way you know well what I, where i come at it is i never read comic books but i've just been seeing these movies for 25 yeah. years so I feel, like I, work, yeah. I feel like I know, you know, who most of the characters are. I mean, I have friends. I'll go to the screening of whatever the Marvel movie is, and they'll be like a, a uh, when they do the post credit thing, and some guy mm. will show up. I'll be, and my friend will just be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's him!" I'm like, "I don't know who that guy is." It's, it's, who's he? <laughs> I think when they first showed Thanos, it was like that. I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, I, I mean, I love the Easter egg cuts. Big, you know, those are the best part when they get the real deep cuts that you have to be like a comic book nerd to like kind of, yeah. you know get into but i mean for me like with avengers i don't know if it got any nominations actually but i think it should have because the fact that they were even able to accomplish a movie like that and to be successful in the way it was is insane to me yeah it's pretty crazy but it's um, outrageous to pass that many universe so, that many movies the animated character. oh go ahead sorry so it's, oh no no i was ending it was okay it was just crazy that all those casts of movies could clash together to make the Avengers. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. So. You guys see Into the Spider Verse? I haven't yet. Not it's yet. Really but I hear nothing but good things. Yeah, that got nominated for uh, animated feature. It was yeah, really I saw that. Incredibles and more picks and internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there weren't that many animated movies this year again, so it's kind of like there were there were five movies that all got nominated. But uh, um, our critics mm-hmm. group, the Philadelphia Film Critics Circle, we voted, and uh, I think the only reason Spider Man didn't win was because we voted like a week after it came out, and not enough of us had seen it because everyone who saw it was just like, "This is amazing. This is like." I mean, the, the trailers look incredible. Yeah, they definitely like. It was great, and the way it's the way, you know, they they had all the different Spider-Man characters and put them all together, man. I thought that was a better, you know, combination of characters than anything in the Avengers movie, if you ask me. And, uh, and it's surprising that, like, Sony, with their superhero movies, with, you know, they made this deal to put uh, Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe, so that's under Disney now, but then they come out with Venom, which is a huge hit, which I didn't think was that good, but it was it did really well. And then mm-hmm. Spider-Man, which was also hit, and got, like, might win the Oscar for Anime Feature, so. It mm. wasn't a good movie, but it was a good Venom. That's why it sold. <laughs> That's really all people really wanted was a good Venom, and they yeah. would go watch it in droves. That's all I wanted, and they gave yeah. us a good Venom. Yeah. Not a good movie, obviously, but yeah, a good it's movie. like going to see the Hitman. You know, we we really didn't need to know everything. We just wanted to see him in do action. his thing. Yeah, I yeah. want to see this guy <laughs> in action, like not. <laughs> Uh, whoever was playing him before, I think Eric from that seventy show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's Topher Grace. Now, did you guys see uh, Green Book? I'm no, not. I didn't. I want to see though. It looks really good though. Yeah, I wasn't a fan just because looks... I thought um, I didn't like. I thought Viggo Mortensen was terrible in it, and he was nominated for Best Actor, and that's probably the That was my problem. I was was unsure about Viggo. I was surprised he's a lead actor. I really rushed to go see it. I was like, well, he looks good, but then he's the lead, so then it was confusing, because I thought Mahershala was the lead. Well, that's my my big objection to the movie, because if it had been about Mahershala Ali's character, it would have been a much better movie, because he was a much more interesting character. The, The other guy was just an idiot who... He's doing this horrible, exaggerated Italian accent, and he's just like, it's just yeah. tell stereotypes all day so long. So the movie is about the driver. Well, it's about. I mean, it's about. He's the protagonist of the story, and it's basically about how he starts out as this racist idiot, and then he meets, the he goes on the trip, and then he. It's about him learning to be less racist. It's basically that's the journey that the movie follows. Like, oh, it's, pat you on the back for being less of an asshole and less racist. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's basically what it is. I mean, that's why I really didn't want to see it. It's weird. Like, oh my god, like another one of these. Like, congratulate this guy for not being. Yeah, kind of do it was... It's like how many awards can we hand out for not being a racist person? I but, mean, that's how a lot of movies were like over the years, like you know, like in the eighties and like. Yes, and that's really there's a movie, why. There's Mississippi Burning, which was a movie about um, the civil rights movement, where the heroes are white FBI agents. <laughs> And this was in 1988, I think. And this is they just decided that you know, well, we can't really. This you know, is why I don't watch a lot of these new historical movies about that time period anymore because it's always kind of like again. Then you see this again. How many times did I see the story, same story again? And then on top of that, apparently there was some little controversy too with the people, like his family, the guy's family, who came out and was like. The movie wasn't accurate at all in saying that the guy, the driver, really wasn't like a close friend of, you know, 
the person. It was just like yeah. a driver. <laughs> and like they there were a bunch yeah. of related to that movie, which um um and the, the, the co writer of the movie is the son of the real guy who was the the Italian guy. So uh, Tony Bell was the guy Nick Bell. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 I don't know he plays he plays an instrument, right? He plays was he piano, I think? Yeah, um uh Shirley is the, the piano player. Okay. So yeah, so his family was like they weren't these buddy buddy like friends and you know great he was just like he was just a driver and he just had to be black and he just and it was more about him like he decided to hire this guy you know whatever but it so it's just i always feel like those movies are just super exaggerated over exaggerated and always never really tell an accurate story so i kind of feel right i didn't really want to watch this one well it didn't look like filmmakers even knew that these relatives like were alive and able to be yeah, the fact that they didn't know that and didn't reach I out. I mean, Shirley didn't have children, so I guess they assumed that he didn't have any living relatives. But I guess they, his right. brother, his I guess you know, brothers, sisters, you know, mom, they <laughs> like that family. Like, so, and I guess Ali apologized to him, and he's he actually very good in the movie. He's, yeah. he's I don't have any, I don't have any complaints about his nomination or, uh, and I think editing the shadows as well. But like for best picture, best screenplay, and Viggo Mortensen, none of those were the least bit deserved. I thought. So that was, yeah, it just didn't seem like a movie I thought would. I mean, I wasn't surprised because it does kind of have to fit that category of movie that they love to promote. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see this again. Well, what I said in my original review is like, in a world where Get Out exists, and sorry to bother you, exists. There's way more interesting lines. movies about. You, you don't know. need movies like like it's 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 like a movie best left in another era. And I guess. Like, yeah, yes, yeah, for real. Yes. You're like that's how I feel. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. We need some new stories. There's a lot newer, better stories about, you know, race and culture and stuff instead of just the old, oh, civil, the civil rights periods were terrible and, you know, there were some good people there. And it's just like, all right, well, there's a lot of progress since then, a lot of stuff since then that, you know, we can have movies about. And we are starting to have those movies about them. And I, I like I said, I'm sorry to bother you and stuff, movies like that. I think those are big steps forward. So hopefully we, kind of move away from all this historical rewriting. What do you think well, about um, came out Spike's movie, though? And got a Black Klansman? You're asking what I thought I didn't ask the game your question. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah, I, yeah, Black Klansman in turn. I liked it, but I, I didn't quite find it, like, I didn't think it was quite on the level of, like, of, of Bill Street or of Sorry Bother You, um, or of you know Romer stars. I thought it was it was a little on the nose at times. There's dialogue where he says stuff like, "Well, you know, something." I think they're talking about David Duke, and he says something like, "Well, well, what if someday a guy like David Duke is president?" Oh yeah. yeah. That line I, mean, is in, I don't know if you needed to actually that, say that. That also is kind of Spike Lee style, though. Like it he's, is, never really been, he's never been subtle about his oh, yeah. you know opinions, and he always kind of throws that, especially the whole ending of the movie. It was as spikely as a movie gets, you know, with the, all the montage of like current times and you know everything. And he even did like the whole Inside Man scene where he's like with the camera again. And so it was like it was super spikely yeah. at the end. I, honestly, I didn't know if Spike Lee directed it, but then when I got to that ending, I was like, yeah, but Spike Lee definitely directed this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. One thing sure. I got across the movie is that the Klansmen are just the stupidest people in the world. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> right. idiots, like complete idiots. I didn't realize that it was. Guy on the phone who they're meeting with. You know, this guy who 
is played by Denzel Washington's son. It sounds exactly like Denzel Washington. They didn't realize that he was black. I mean, I don't know how yeah. how dumb they are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was good, but I didn't think. I mean, Spike Lee's directed about five movies that I think are just absolutely great. Like I love Do the Right Thing. I love Malcolm X. Um, Twenty Fifth Hour is an amazing film. And, Inside Man. And Inside Man too. And I'm trying to think what else. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's he's done some, and he's he's done. He made some very bad movies as well. Like yeah. She Hate Me was just like, it's one of those things where he's like, here, I have four different ideas for a movie and they have nothing to do with each other, but I'm just going to jam them on. And, uh, you know, and the worst one of all is the one where he's like, well, he's going to be the runner for all the lesbians and they're going to have sex with them. And that's, I don't know what he was thinking of that one, but uh, he, um, but it was good to see, it's good to see him finally get one. He actually already got an honorary Oscar, but I guess uh, mm. I think. This is the first time in like 50 years that someone's like been nominated for an actual Oscar after for the first after time. After getting an honorary. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's crazy. They, they thought he was done. That's why they thought he was done. He yeah. said, "I still got some more." Oh, it's over for that guy. Yeah, yeah. he's not good work. It's probably in his it's probably late 50s, right? Spike, old, yeah, probably older than that. Yeah, maybe older. Than that. I mean, he was real young when he started, so I don't yeah. Know yeah, he's probably mid 50s, early 60s at most. Yeah. So, um, and uh, another thing in that movie was just like when uh, I don't know if I bought that the girl would still date him after finding out that he was an undercover cop, and yeah. uh, and the scene at the oh, end right. where, where they entrap the guy, they entrap the cop while recording oh, him. That yeah. did not. That was not. That just felt false. That scene. That it was hilarious. Seem, yeah, some of it, it was funny, but ball. it wasn't. He definitely took some liberties. Oh yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of that. Yeah, he changed the story. Um, I mean, for me, I, I think I liked about it most is probably that it didn't take it so seriously. You know, like it wasn't just a super serious drama the whole way through. Like I would kind of, it would have been too much. There was a lot of humor in there, you know, and it felt more real because of that. Because I don't think people are so serious all the time, you know, like that. So it was good. Yeah, it was it was his best. It was a huge comeback for him. Especially yeah. after like Chirac and stuff like that. So. Oh, Chirac was. I kind of like Chirac. I mean, it was it was it was. There's a lot of issues with that one. <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but I, Samuel Jackson, that was wonderful. Him doing the uh, doing, doing the verse and doing the. Uh, I don't know. Samuel. I, I, mean, I, I have pieces. I think just the overall theme and the yeah, way he tried to present was there's a lot of issues there. Yeah. <laughs> that caused a lot of backlash for him. I'd say that. And I like mean, I, the- I like Roma a lot, and I like Stars Born a lot. Like, I'm interested to know, like, just have you guys seen Roma? No, no. I hear, I keep hearing about it over and over again, but I'm not watching it. It's the it. Netflix uh, yep. Mexico film. Yeah. Okay. No, I can completely understand why people are reluctant to watch that because it's it's a two and a half hour movie. It's black and white. It's not in English, and there's. It no looks stars. like an indie art film, so it's kind of like. Yeah. It's, and that's do what I it really is. want to sit down right now and watch this, or do I want to watch, yeah. you know, Aquaman? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, like you have to be really alert. Like you have to be paying attention the whole time to movies like yeah. that. Like you got to be watching all these subtleties and like, you know, ooh, did you see the wind blow that like leaf down the hall? Like you know, like shit like that. So, like, it's hard to, you know, you got to find time to dedicate yeah. to a movie like that. Yeah, and I don't know. And I know Netflix is really secretive about. Um, They'll put out a number once in a while where like some like Bird Box was was really they put out a number of, you know, this is how many people watch Bird Box, but they didn't 
they're never transparent about like, everything. So I'd, I'd be interested to know right. like how many uh, how many people are watching Roman because uh, I mean I'm sure it got a spike when the Oscars were announced. But uh, I have, like I said, I have heard a lot, a lot about it. You know, a lot of people have been talking about it. Yeah, I've heard it a lot too. It's just like like Dory said. It's just one of those movies you kind of have to make time for. It's not when you just throw on you know nonchalantly and like you know kind of half watch it. So those are the movies always take me a little longer to get around to. Right. And then Vice was, I thought, very flawed. And it's one of those movies where I, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but then I started to think about, you know, that's kind of... There are a lot of filmmaking choices here that I didn't like very much. Like, mm-hmm. it just... Mm-hmm. If you saw The Big Short, which is the same director, which was really a really good movie, oh, yeah. kind of... It got a little bit silly. Like, it felt like it had to get a little bit silly because it was telling a story about, you know... The financial crisis and all these like com- complex things and I mean his biggest accomplishment was making that an interesting movie. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't feel like Vice needed that, but it has it even more so. Like it has all these weird like it has a weird narration, it has all these like oh, uh wow. I don't know. I mean I liked I lived through that whole period and I'm kind of a politics buff anyway, so I really liked uh I was entertained by all the stuff with that, although Steve Carell is Donald Rumsfeld, he just he looked just like him, but he just forgot to do the voice. He sounded exactly like Steve Carell. Oh, <laughs> he didn't man. even make it. Like I thought, <sighs> everyone else was. I believe Bale was Dick Cheney. I believed uh, Amy Adams as as Lynn Cheney and uh, uh, Sam yeah, Rockwell. They all had like a transformation. They were all like everybody oh, like yeah. the. I remember. I mean, the trailer when I saw it, I was like, "Is that who, who's playing Dick Cheney?" Like I couldn't really yeah. tell at first. Like he looked so. You can't even really tell it's Christian Bale like in the trailer that it's Dick, Ch- Dick Cheney and that's fucking crazy. Well, so. the, the Academy loves to honor people who like gain and lose weight for roles, and that's that's part of Viggo Mortensen's. Uh, um, in Green Book, there is a scene where you see Viggo Mortensen. He's on the fo- he's sitting in, in, on the bed in a hotel, and he's on the phone. He hangs up the phone, and you see him pick up an entire pizza, not like a slice, a whole pizza, <laughs> fold it in half, and then eat it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was to be funny because he's Italian. I don't know. It was just, yes, oh, this, how like, Italian <laughs> can you get? You know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I'm like, I I guess I'm rooting for either Bohemian Rhapsody or Roman to win. I'd be fine if it was Black Panther. I'd be fine if it was Black Klansman. I would be very not happy if it was Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think we have to worry about it after the story today. So. <laughs> All right. So I mean, let's uh, just hop right into this last part and kind of give our predictions for some of the major categories. So some of that we do every year and see. Then we come back around after the show and, and see who got the most right. Sure. So we just start, uh, I'll just start off right now. Best picture, the category, I mean, the nominees are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Favorite, which I don't think we've ever really talked about yet, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I I'm gonna go with Stars Born. I feel like that's that's the uh, that was kind of the favorite heading into Oscar season, and it's receded a little bit because it didn't get as many nominations as some people thought. But I do think it's it's a very it's the kind of movie that wins Best Picture. So I feel like that, I feel like it's doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my top. Like I have a Stars Born or the favorite, but I feel like a Stars Born has a lot more traction right now. Like it's 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 what people are talking about, like huh. you said, you know, um, 
And just because Lady Gaga, I think just based on what I've seen of her performance, it's she's, she's like a level actress now, you know. So, okay. I, you know, I don't know. This is like a really, you know, big movie. I think I think A Star Is Born has to win Best Picture. It's just weird that Bradley didn't get director. That's what throws me off. It's because yeah. if you, how can you win Best Picture without the director getting nominated? It's happened a couple times. I think I think Argo won Best Picture and Affleck was nominated. So, oh, that's times. that's gross though. I ew, that's a bad example. <laughs> he should not have won that. <laughs> oh, he was nominated though. He didn't win. Oh yeah, no, Argo won. Right. Oh, he right. did win. Oh, they did. Argo won. Gross. That's gross. Well, I'm gonna have to go with the Stars Born as well though. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the one I want to win is Black Panther. Yeah. Cause rejoice. Nerds, guys and girls, we've made it. We have made the the mountain top. We finally got nominated. Uh, Wasn't enough to just like be at the center of all movies for ten years. It's you got to have the Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> we so finally cool. finally it's, broke through. We finally it's the did. first superhero movie to ever do it like that. That's crazy. Um, like, why didn't Logan get picked up last year? I would have. I would have liked to see that. No, the one that. Okay, out of every movie, Marvel movie that should have won, The Dark Knight that year should have won Best Picture. Yeah, well, that was when there were still five, and that was, that's part of why they had more. They, they increased the yeah, but that year was insane. That was the year it should have won. But I'll take Black Panther as a nomination, and that's the movie I want to win because yeah. finally we are here, we've arrived. But I highly doubt that it will get this Best Picture. And Stars Born, yeah, I, I, you know, I can see it winning, but I can't, you know, vote with you guys again. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Black Horse. So I'm gonna say Roma. Oh, you're gonna say Roma? Nice. Interesting. The only reason I don't see that winning is because it's a Netflix, and I think that's the first yeah. time they've nominated them as well. So it's like a, another first. It'd be like, you know, it's Black, like Black Panther. Yeah, the industry's afraid of Netflix, I guess, because they're. Uh encroaching on uh they did this whole thing where they released it in theaters and on netflix and uh yeah. well because that movie we started talking about the uh art horror film is a netflix movie right they might as well just get you. it's gonna happen eventually and why not now it's it they're here they're not going anywhere and yeah. they just keep putting out more original movies that are going but to that would be a big to- move if if an if an online streaming service one best picture that would be a that would be a shake of the industry that would be officially i mean kind of is official already i think more people watch netflix originally i know but i feel like it's just for the nod i don't i don't feel like it's for the stamp of last happen at some point and i'm saying it's happening this year let me tell you this it's very important to netflix to win an oscar i think apple when they start doing this it's gonna be important for them too because uh when they put out the studios put out their lists of like their for your consideration movies, like they, they kind of list what what's what they're what they're pushing that year. Netflix always has like fifteen or twenty movies on their list, including like a bunch of documentaries and a bunch of feature films. And Warner Brothers has like four, and Disney has like right. five. Paramount has like two. So they're just mm-hmm. not trying to. Win. I mean, they're trying. Usually, one of those studios will have like one big movie that they're using for the Oscars. But like, and Amazon usually has like seven or eight. So. Yeah, it's gonna happen sooner or later. Netflix is too big right now, so I'm gonna say Roma. It's dark horse. 
Um, actor in a leading role, we have Christian Bale and Vice, Bradley Cooper as Star is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. Weird category. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Rami Malek just because mm. he's got a lot of so much buzz going into it. And people keep talking about his performance. So I'm going to say Remy. I'm going to say... I'll say Christian Bale. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. I was going to... See, I wanted... I want, see, that's crazy, because I want Dario's choice, Remy, to win. But I think Christian Bale will win because of that, like, transformative... Academy loves about actors changing their but physical. But they pain. also love actors who play like famous musicians and do it well. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but the, there's so much controversy. I don't know. It's that's tough for me. It's just the the movie has too much controversy for me. Well, we'll see. So what I'm sticking with. I mean, keep in mind that there's going to be like other campaigns and negative campaigns. There's probably stuff out there that we haven't even heard about yet, or you know. There's maybe there's some reason stars right. we haven't even heard about yet. There's a good chance mm-hmm. that we're wrong or whatever. So yeah, that would be the worst. What if all something comes out? What if they're waiting to hold? They're holding all the tea <laughs> before it's like it comes it's out. like politics. And this and this was something that, in addition to the other horrible stuff Harvey Weinstein did, this was the world Harvey Weinstein gave us. He kind of he kind of invented that thing of having the Oscars be like political campaigns. Where with your that's next, true. All he, these. He's, yeah, he championed uh, campaigning. Yeah. So. There's a lot of campaigning going on right now, too. Like, it's crazy. I don't know if I've actually seen this much, like, movie campaigning from different people before. Like, it's, it feels weird for the Oscars. Like, for all the award seasons, it, I don't know. There's a lot of extra content floating around. Well, there was one day when, like, three bad things came out about Green Book. Like, one was, they found an old interview with the director where he, like, admitted that he exposed himself to women. And there was another thing where they found an old tweet where, like, the screenwriter agreed with Trump about something racist. And I don't remember what the other one was. But, like, this all came out in one day. So there was some speculation that, like, uh, this was some type of smear campaign against uh, by, oh, for by sure. one of the other mm-hmm. ones. But I don't know. It apparently didn't work because... Uh, I didn't even know about it. I don't know what's going on. On top of everything with, you know, Shirley's family and with uh, just like. And the other thing about Green Book is it didn't didn't really do all the box office. Not that many people saw it, whereas Bohemian Rhapsody was. Yeah, it was just why I'm really surprised. Of all the nominees, but I think uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably not far behind it. Star Wars Marvelous is also. Okay, so actress in a leading role, we have Yelitsa Aparicio. For Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, uh, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for Stars Born, and Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? First of all, Can You Ever Forgive Me is a wonderful film, and I was kind of sad that it didn't get much. I think it got supporting actor and maybe writing as well, but that was that was a really good movie that didn't get quite enough attention this year. Um, it was her first turn as like a serious, more serious role, yeah? Yeah, and some of her comedies have been, she was in one she was in that Happy Time Murders movie, which was just horrendous. Yeah, not good. <laughs> it was bad too, but she was, was really, bad. really good in that. And um, I think Lady Gaga's going to win. That's that's my pick. And that was my pick, pick as well. Um, I know yeah. 
Glenn Close won one of the Golden Globes. I think Olivia Colman won the other. I'm going to uh, pick Glenn Close just to go against both of you guys. Because oh. I think she'll be a strong second. Because if Lady Gaga doesn't win, it has to be Glenn Close. I mean, I haven't seen Roma, so I don't know how yeah. her acting is in that movie. But She's, I think, a first-time actress. And she's act- it's entirely in... I don't know what the language is. It's an indigenous language in Mexico that she speaks in that, which we mm-hmm. guess the first. Yeah, I heard Roma's a bunch of like non actors or like fresh, like, yeah. I just didn't see the Academy. I think actors would get mad if, if non actors and like fresh year one actors just got the, the best role, unless it was like unanimous. Like, I think, it was just obvious. I think Glenn Close has never won an Oscar. Is that correct? She's been nominated numerous times, like, back in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, she does my second choice. Because Meryl Streep always steals a shine. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny that uh, Glenn Close and Michael Douglas both won Golden Globes the same night when they were, you know, Fatal Attraction together 30 years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's but, uh, and the wife, the, I like the wife and I liked her in it. I didn't think, I mean, I, I feel mm-hmm. like that was a movie that didn't really have much of a shelf life. And I don't know how many people saw it, but I, I thought she was, she was fine in that. I wouldn't object if she won. Um, mm-hmm. So, actor in a supporting role Mahershala Ali, Green Book, Adam Driver, Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. Hmm. My pick would be Adam Driver. Go I'm going with Adam Driver. Marshall. I'd probably be okay with any of those, but I'm going to pick Sam, Sam Elliott. Okay. Just said, you know, they, they like to honor the guy who's had a really long, distinguished career. This is his first nomination, so I think uh, I, have, I have a good feeling about, about him. And I think he didn't get a Golden Globe nomination at all. But, uh, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, Adam Driver, me, I, I like that was Adam Driver's best performance. I mean, he was fine in it, but I, I didn't think he was. Uh, I, I was more impressed with the writing of that character than I was of uh, his performance of it. Yeah, I think he was strongly written for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think his character had enough like emotional range for him to like win a category. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Actress <laughs> in a supporting role: Amy Adams for Vice, Marina de Tavira for Roma. Regina King, if Bill Street could talk, Emma Stone, the favorite, and Rachel Weiss for the favorite. I mean, you have two picks from the favorite right in there, so it's kind of hard to be like, not one of them is going to win. Uh... No, it is crazy. But which one? I would say Emma Stone. Based on the trailer, it looked like Emma Stone was doing more of the work. She looks like the favorite, so have it would have to be the favorites, her. Uh, Stephen? Well, here's what's funny about that, the favorite. So it's, uh, neither of you saw it, right? No. So Olivia Coleman plays the queen, and uh, Rachel Weitz and uh, Emma Stone uh, play the two uh, the two kind of uh, assistants who are kind of vying for her uh, for her attention. her attention. Who would be the favorite? And uh, Olivia Coleman was nominated for actress, even though she's in the movie less than mm-hmm. the other two. But I think it was just in everyone's heads <laughs> that queen she gets to be the lead actress. So, right. and they were all very good at it. I thought the movie was. Good, not great. I didn't really, didn't, I didn't, I, I loved it visually and I liked the performances, but I didn't think it really uh, led anywhere, is, is mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, but, uh, 
And they're both fine, but I just I thought Rachel Weiss was better in uh, the other movie this year, um, Disobedience, the one where she and Rachel McAdams are uh, orthodox. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was, she was better in that. And also, uh, Amy Adams, I was more impressed with her in Sharp Objects, the HBO show, which I thought was like uh-huh. maybe the best performance I've ever seen her give. And that was a I don't know if you watch that show, it was a TV show, but um, I'm gonna oh, wow. say uh, Regina King. That's who I was going to say. She's. And uh, yeah, that movie is so great. I don't know why they get best picture, but uh, yeah, if if, if she gets crazy, yeah, I totally thought about that too. But like, it's just so weird that once again the movie isn't getting any love. Like, I don't know. And then I feel like this is kind of them trying to make up for not giving Regina King some looks before. Yeah, I, that's all I'm saying. I think that she has finally kind of been recognized for her acting in. I think this is maybe the time she gets it. I selfishly want her to get it. Um, so that's what I'm yeah. going to say. Both of you guys said Regina. Uh, yeah. I'll pick Amy Adams then. I'm going to go with Amy. She was fine in that, but I don't know. I mean, it was... I believe she was... I'm not that's gonna call that. I feel like there's too many the big names. I feel like there's too many big name stars in that movie. Yeah. That could hurt her. But we'll see. Uh animated feature film, Incredibles 2, uh, Isle of Dogs. Let me see if I can say this. Mamoro Hasodo and Yui Chudo Saito. I think I said that right. Um no. Those are the actors. actors. It's called Mirai. 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 That's what it is. Mirai. Um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. So, Rick Ralph 2. And Spider Man is still Spider Verse. Now, I might. I I didn't love Isle of Dogs that much. I love Wes Anderson. It wasn't. But they love Wes Anderson. It looks so bleak. I think he ran out and wanted to ask him for writing something. I don't remember which one. But um, I'd kind of like to see him win. But I think it's going to be Spider Man. Because the other ones don't really feel like uh, best animated feature type movies. I mean, neither of those. Mm. I like Ralph Breaks the Internet a lot, but it doesn't feel like a best kind of movie. Great movie. I mean, Incredible. it's usually yeah. either it's usually either Disney or Pixar. They usually win this, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Spider Man. A superhero movie. That's more. This is like kind of my hangup with Incredibles Two and Spider Man. They are still superhero movies, and mm. to win, because mm. I did love Incredibles Two. Yeah. Isle of Dogs just seems like the type of Oscars movie that you know that they would kind of choose. I don't know. It seems too bleak as an animation because they spend yeah. most of the time on an island that's desolate. So there's not much to animate. It seems like I'm going to say <laughs> Isle of Dogs because I think it is a Oscars type of movie that they're going to pick. So I'm going to say that. Right. I'm picking Spider Man because. When I'm out here in New York, I see that poster everywhere. Everyone around me has seen it. I haven't seen it yet, so I need to see it ASAP. But. One thing I loved about that movie is like it, it's it's it shows New York and it's it's sort of the present day and it's sort of like 1990. Like oh really? It's it's it, it's set in the present day. I mean, everyone has cell phones. It's obviously the present day, but like right. the subways all graffiti and there's certain cultural and fashion things that make it look like it's back then. Oh, that's cool. Which, I don't know how much of a conscious choice that was, but I thought it was... Uh, 
I mean, trailers. I mean, trailers always look like the best Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man Two. I love Spider-Man Two, so that's a lot of people call it the best ever. I don't know. If I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that. I wasn't a big fan. Well, of I think it's the it's the best Spider-Man. Well, it's the best probably Sony work since Spider-Man Two. There's only been one other non-Sony work, and that's Homecoming, and I didn't love Homecoming. I mean, it was better than the two Andrew Garfield ones, and I thought Homecoming was fine, but this is definitely better than Homecoming. It was just an average Marvel movie. Like, had, like the the new one was Venom, and it's going to be hard for the new the one this year to follow it six months from now. And uh, yeah, almost too much Spider Man. Yeah. Um. So cinematography, we have Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star Is Born. For me, I think it's going to be Roma. Oh, for cinematography. Flipping through my pages. Ooh. I'm going to go with Never Look Away. Hmm. I have actually not seen Never Look Away. It's one of the only movies nominated that I didn't see. Um, it is... Uh, they announced the Oscars at 8 o'clock in the morning and did the calendar. There was a 10 a.m. screening that day of Never Look Away that I guess I could have rushed to if I wanted to see it, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel like uh, doing that because I had stuff to do. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to I'm gonna say Roma. I think uh, maybe if they don't feel mm-hmm. like giving the best picture to Quaron, they'll give them some mm-hmm. copy and maybe four as well. Because uh, it was the cinematographer and the editor and he did everything else too. So I think uh, I, I think Roma's probably, probably going to be winning for that. So for for directing, we have Black Klansman, Cold War, The Favorite, Roma, and Vice. Very weird choices for this category. Yes. Not Cooper, not... uh, I don't know why Adam McKay was nominated, because the direction of Vice was far from the best thing about it. And uh, Cold War was kind of a surprise, too, although I like Cold War Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm going to go with Coran, Roma. You said you're going with which one? Mm. Roma. Yeah. Can you hear me, sir? That's my okay. choice, too, actually, out of these. Hmm. I can see the Cold War winning. I'm going to say Spike Lee finally gets his hey. long overdue directing Oscars. I just wanted to give him a big shout out for getting in. Like, that's lit. If, if he not wins, now, then win. If, if he wins, now, though, anything. I'm going to have to find the party because he's going to be out here in, in Brooklyn partying for sure. We're probably going to have a split of picture and director. I don't feel like, I, don't, I think that'll be two different movies, whatever whatever it ends up being. I think he's going to, he has to get one of those. And for me, since I already picked Roma, I've got to say Spike gets director. Okay. Uh, best documentary, we have Free Solo. Hale County this morning, this evening, minding the gap of fathers and son and RGB. For me, it's going to be RGB. Uh, it's yeah, one I, I, I talked before about this category and my feelings, but yeah, I think RBG is going to win. I, mean, I think they're going to. Yeah, we're pretty especially much. Especially sick. And they all love her, I'm sure. So I, I imagine. I figured uh, before the Oscars, I thought that the only two that had any chance to win were this and Mr. Rogers, and because that was nominated, I think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with RBG because, like, I mean, Mining the Gap, although it is excellent, like, in terms of, like, the time span and everything, but, like, RBG's time span's even longer and it's political and, and and it's so relevant to now and it's, like, you gotta give them their props. Yeah, they also showed it on CNN a bunch of times, so I'm sure a lot of people saw it. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of these, I can't imagine. I mean, Free Solo, I think, was a pretty mid-sized hit for a documentary, which is a... That's a weird spot. I could put a few different documentaries in Free Solo spot, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's weird. Okay, so we're going to get into some of the more technical... I'm going to hit a few of the technical categories. Um, we're going to go with music. The did I say original? Yeah, music, original score. Uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. This one I thought, First Man, which I don't think got nominated for anything. It might have gotten like one technical thing. I thought the score of whatever you thought of the score of that I thought was 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 really, really good. So it was sad to see that not get in. I think hmm. I wanna see if Bill Street could talk win because it had a really good score and I these other movies I'm not really thinking about the scores other than Mary Poppins, which had all these original songs. Um My yeah, uh, mine was gonna say Mary Poppins Returns just because it's Mary Poppins and Disney and mm-hmm. kind of the only real musical, I think, that's getting any love, so that would be my choice. I thought it was weird that Lynn Manuel Miranda was in the movie, but they didn't have him write any songs. I guess he yes. either was, was busy like, or they yes. maybe asked him, I don't know, but he uh, you know, had like the best musical theater. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, he's like the biggest name in musical, and right now and you don't ask this man to write some songs. <laughs> he probably wanted to get paid, and you know, Disney doesn't like to pay people uh, that much, so. Uh, yeah, I like Mary Poppins as well for that. Just because, like you said, uh, it's it's uh, it's got the most music in it, probably. Like there's the yeah, score. like Black Panther, like the original score. Like I don't, I remember the soundtrack, but I don't really remember the original score. Yeah, Black I was trying Panther. to think about what was playing was in the background the of things. I don't remember the score, so I'll, I'll say Black Panther. I think maybe it's the one that they'll give it to. There we go. Uh-huh. So the music, the original song, and it's all the stars from Black Panther, I'll Fight from RBG, The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins, Returns, Shallow from A Star is Born, and When the Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Shallow, A Star is Born. Shallow for me. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't see how any other song wins. Even though All the Stars, I think, was a phenomenal single for a movie. Yeah. Uh, Shallow is basically tearing up everything right now. For real. No, yeah, like people I work with were excited about it. Like they actually made excited sounds. Like, oh my God, this Lady Gaga. I was like, what? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how it cannot win that category considering it's literally all about music. Uh, let's see. All right, we'll go to visual effects. We have Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, 
First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, a Star Wars story. Weird nominations of movies that weren't really nominated for anything else. Um, I don't know, all over the place. I thought Solo was notable for how not impressive its visual effects were. Um, <laughs> Ready Player One, the visual effects were pretty much the only thing I liked about it because I hated the movie. Um, I think First Man. I think maybe they'll give it that. Yeah. Christopher Robin, I didn't see. I don't know how that got Yeah, I didn't see that either. So. There was another Christopher Robin. Well, let's see. There was the Christopher Robin movie like a year before, which was about the son of the guy who created Winnie the Pooh and how his father ruined his life by like creating Winnie the Pooh. This, I guess, was about Christopher Robin. I don't know. I, yeah. First one was so bad, I never saw the second one. <laughs> They're made by different companies, aren't they? Are they? One was this one was Disney. I don't know what the other one was, because so, they had to get something out of the intellectual property. Because mm. I think the last one of the Pooh movie was I don't know how many years ago. Mm. First Man, that's a solid choice. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I like Avengers because there's so much going on, and still it I think really good for how much was on screen. Mm. But I, I'll say first, man. Mm. Oh, I know okay. that they're still reluctant to give genre movies, you know, a lot of wins. So, well, I'm gonna pick the Avengers then. <laughs> now it's next. Let's see here. The last two categories we're going to talk about is writing. So writing for adapted screenplay is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Hmm. I think it'll be A Star Is Born. Because, I mean, it's, uh, you're adapting something that's literally already been made four other times, but they made it good enough that I think uh, they overcame any challenges that would come from that. So I think, I think it's going to be A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure what... Uh, why like is adapted? I didn't even know it was adapted. I thought it was I didn't either, yeah. Original. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, oh really? But I don't know, because I didn't really know. I don't I'm like think I'm gonna pick something else. Beale Street though is a good choice, I think, maybe. But I didn't pick I didn't pick Spike Lee yet, so I kinda have to go with Black Klansman just to like show my support. I rock with you, Spike. So you gotta get the writing. Yeah, you didn't get him in the category that matters. That movie is Spike because It's Spike Lee and four other people. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Maybe it was some kind of complicated uh, <laughs> writer's guild arbitration. That's usually what the case is, where, you know, two of them worked on it for a couple years, then two other writers came in, and they used right. some of them, and then I guess Spike I'm, I'm just making this up. I don't know if that's what really happened, but that's usually... When there's five writers credit, that's usually they could have paraphrased what Spike Lee said for him, and then because they wrote it down, and then, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if uh, I would love it to see Bill Street win that, that would be because it was just it's it's Jenkins adapting this you know famous book and from quite a long time ago and you know making it work yeah. and there are a couple scenes where he changed things. Like I, I I wrote a piece about one scene in this movie, so I. Uh, I went back and read the book and I looked at what the differences were and I thought it was, you know, that can be hard when it's a legendary writer, but I think I felt like he did it right. So. 
Okay. Yeah, my pick was going to be uh, Bill Street. The last one is original screenplay. We have The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. So this is actually, I think, Paul Strader's first ever nomination. He's been at it since the 70s, so that was uh, good for him, I suppose. I don't. I guess he wasn't nominated for Taxi Driver somehow. But anyway, Taxi so... Driver and Raging Bull. Yeah. Which is I insane. I, I think I read this. But anyway... Now, that's an outstanding movie. I'm not surprised it didn't get more nominations. Oh, Ethan Hawke was so great in that that I'm kind of... that That's one of the worst stubs that Ethan Hawke didn't, didn't get nominated for acting um, when Viggo Mortensen did. But uh, I think this is going to be one of the favorite ones. You say who? I think they're going to feel like giving the favorite. I think they're going to feel oh, like they have yeah. to give, This is going to be... Uh, uh, Interesting. We talked about costume design, but that's... I. Gonna, that turns out the costumes in that are really something else. Green Book, I will be upset if it wins. Um, my pick was going to be Paul Schrader because after so many movies, after so many years getting snubbed, they always seem to kind of try to make things right and like give a an award for even maybe like not their best project, but like finally you deserve this so like here's your win so i think this might be the year they finally just give him his win mm. well it's not good. i don't know if vice's screenplay deserves the nomination either, but I mean, this is the one we're sorry to bother you definitely deserve the nomination if it was oh yeah. right yeah for i agree that screenplay was just like i mean for for boots riley who is a rapper who I only knew, I knew him as a rapper, and he's, he was 47 years old when he made this movie. He never made a movie before, and he just emerges with his first movie with something that audacious and that you know incendiary and over the it was top. definitely out there. Yeah, and I mean, like like I said, I mean, I'm not that surprised that the Academy didn't uh, wasn't so into that. I mean, it's basically the politics of that movie are so uh, radical that uh, even the uh, Notorious Liberal Academy probably gave them pause. Yeah, the, the, when they took the turn at the end, it kind of, yeah, definitely went full on to the deep end yeah. on that one. I keep I keep stuff out of Silicon Valley that really reminds me of uh, Army Hammer's character. Like uh, I read that uh, the company WeWork, which makes has you know the co-working spaces, uh-huh. they they like branch out into like housing and various other things. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds exactly like that movie. <laughs> Sure, they're working on the horse stuff too. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so we're doing the um. What were the uh, nominees again? I don't think I wrote down all. It those was things. original screenplay. You haven't given us your answer yet. Uh, favorite, right. first performed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Um. Mm. Oh, Vice or favorite. Uh, did I give favorite any love yet? I don't know if no. I gave them anything. I'll no. vote for favorite. All right. So that is it for uh, our Oscars predictions. We'll be back, I think it's in exactly a month, basically. We, it's going to air. And obviously, we're going to talk about it, see who had the most 
picks correct. See if I get another win under my belt, Darius. Definitely have a lot. Definitely have a lot of those. Um, Yeah. So let us know what you guys think about. You know, a lot of the Oscar nominations. uh, What you want to win? What do you think got snubbed? Anything that I left out that people should check out? You know, we want to know what you guys think about it. So let us know in the comments down below, wherever this goes up on YouTube, SoundCloud, like wherever, our website, wherever. Um, but before you know, we get out of here, I want to thank Steven Silver again for joining us and talking movies and giving his insight about you know film because definitely know a lot about it. Well, thank you, thank you for having me. And again, I mean, if gonna, oh, again, yeah. if you want to plug, you know where where people can find you for you out of here again. Uh, Twitter, Steven Silver, just S-D-P-H-E-N, Silver, S-L-V-E-R. Um, um, I'm Rotten Tomatoes, so just put my name in there, um, or, you know, stick my name into Google News or whatever, and you'll, you'll find articles mm-hmm. of mine. All right, and you can also find them on our website. And Absolutely. You yes. got a lot of articles, and a lot of them will be at the top of whatever's trending, so you can definitely see some of the stuff that he's written there. Um, if you can see in the video, Darius's beanie. We have new beanies on the way. He's wearing it right now. So we have a lot of new stuff coming. We'll keep you guys informed. So definitely check out in the next couple of days, a week or so. And until then, we'll be back shortly with another Fear the Show podcast. And other than that, we'll keep living like this. We'll catch you guys soon. All right. Peace. Keep living like fearless, y'all.